I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. Hello, I'm Vic Cohen, and welcome to It's a Fair Question. It's great to have you. We have a awesome show because on tonight's show, we're going to be talking about my favorite subject. Well, my second favorite subject. My first would be sex, to be completely honest. My second one, my second favorite subject would be hidden camera comedy. Now, if, you've, if you know my career at all, that's been a big part of my career. I did a lot of work on a show called How We Do It, which is an NBC primetime show with Howie Mandel and I was a man on the street reporter there, but also did a lot of really crazy hidden camera bits. And uh, I'm currently on a show writing and also acting. The name of the show is called Deal With It on TBS. And it's already a hit. And we are currently, as I speak, well, not exactly as I speak. It was earlier today. We were already in our next shooting cycle. And it's very exciting because I have with me, with us tonight, one of two directors of the series on TBS. And he has been directing and producing Hidden Camera for years. And it is just awesome to have him here. Now, it'd be funny if I just did a whole hour of just an introduction and never said his name, right? <laughs> that would be horrible. That'd be like the worst radio ever. I love it. Yeah, there he is. You just heard his voice. Do you know who that is, everyone? That is Damon Zwicker. Hello, Damon. Hey, Vic, how are you? I am fantastic. How are you doing? I'm great. It's great to be here tonight. It is awesome to have you. Um, as I said in the introduction, I'm a huge fan of hidden camera comedy. And I'm in particular, uh, I'm a huge fan of your work. Oh, thanks, Vic. Yes. I love your work too. Oh, uh, well, that, that is nice of you to say. And well, I love hidden you. camera. Yeah. Now, um, you're, let's just start with what we're doing right now professionally together um, because it's really exciting. Uh, we're working together on a show called Deal With It on TBS. And it's also, uh, not only is it on TBS, but our first episodes are also airing on True TV. That's right. So uh, why don't you explain to everyone uh, the show, the series? Well, just to mention too, the show is, I believe, the highest rated show that's come out on True TV. I think mm. the ratings have been excellent on that, on that uh, network as well. Yeah, and if you, um, if you have not seen the show, everyone... Check it out. You can also uh, go on YouTube. Just, I believe there's some clips and previews from the show. And uh, also, as long as we're talking about the show, I do want to remind you all that I have an hour interview with Theo uh, Vaughn, the host of Take It All. He's been, I mean, Take It All. That's another show I did with Howie. That's called Deal uh, with Deal With It. Theo's the host. And also, uh, we have a frequent celebrity co host and actor, Alex Mandel. And we did an hour with him as well here on the show. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, and both those interviews are fantastic, honestly, I must yeah. say. <laughs> both those guys have been around on the show, and they've done a great job yeah. on the show, for sure. So tell, tell us all about the show again, from so, your perspective. So Deal With It is a Howie Mandel executive produced show, um, which really, to me, I think that Howie's kind of been the driving force behind it in a lot of ways, and a lot of the creative, and a lot of, um, at least what I've tried to, to capture and what I do. So... Um, the show brings together, um, let me start over. Well, let me, I'll just going to jump in and you maybe, sure. and you can throw in, it's a game show. It's a, it's a half hour game show around hidden camera. We often have, uh, Theo often has, Theo Vaughn that is, often has a guest host, a celebrity that you off, you've seen on television, very well-known people. And they um, have to, they, we bring someone in who is unsuspecting, doesn't know they're going to be on a game show. And we put an earbud in their ear and uh, Theo and our celebrity host talks to uh, the contestant and makes them, well, asks them to do certain things for a certain amount of money. And the more they do, the more a contestant does with an unsuspecting friend at a dinner table. It's usually in a restaurant. The more money they make. And the most you can make is $5,000. There's five levels to this, five levels of difficulty. The first level being $250 and then $500 and $750 and $1,000 and then $2,500, I believe, is the, are the levels. That's right. So, um, okay. I think you did a pretty good job. I of, think so. I we think got a better job that. than I did. Well, you know what? I think because I came fresh <laughs> off the set today. You know, it's like in my still in my blood. And it was a great day today. I wish I could tell everyone about it. 
Good. We had such a fun time. Now, also, um, what's fun about being on a hidden camera set, the way Howie does, and also, we really need to talk about Mike Harney. I mean, he is really brilliant. He is a genius at this, and uh, his his contributions are um, are incredible. And also, uh, Tom Klein and um, Doug Perkins. There's Tom a, Kramer. Tom, what did I say? Tom, Tom Klein. Klein. Boy, my brain is fried. I feel better about not being able to explain the show now. Yeah, thank you. Boy, I really, uh, that's crazy that I said that. Tom, Tom Klein did shit on this show. So for, <laughs> forget Tom Klein. But Tom Kramer, yes. I mean. And Tom Kramer and Mike Harney have both been around Hidden Camera for a long time, longer than me. Um, and Mike I met on Spy TV years and years ago, which was an NBC show. Yeah, and what's so cool about the show, and also um, I'd be remiss if we're going to talk about the the staff here, this, the, these people, you know, what happens is we come up with ideas of how we'd like to see a game played, but there's a lot of improvisation in the moment. And um, also, you know, definitely need to uh, mention uh, Mike Marks. He's, he contributes a lot and, uh, and uh, Roy Banks, very uh, much a very big part of the voice of the show. Very yep. creative. So um, describe what's going on when you're directing this show. I think that Do my job... My job basically as a director on this show is to capture the funny. I mean, that's really, that's it. It's just about trying to get what's being, what's happening out there on a live stage and just put it on the screen as best I can. Um, and that's one of the fun things about it because it's, it's, there is a lot of improv. There's a lot of craziness that happens. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where the person who doesn't know that they're on a hidden camera is going to go. Um, right. And you also don't know where the person who's in on the hidden camera, who has the the earpiece in their ear being told what to do, where they're going to go. Well, how many cameras do you have on um, our show? We have nine. Okay. I thought I counted 11 on the monitor today. Um, Is there a camera that's not counted, like that's on the hosts in the no, back? No, there are 12. Oh, okay. So the, but the hidden ones Correct. are nine? They're usually nine hidden cameras. Okay. Yeah. And then there's some, as we call them, exposed because they're getting behind the scenes? In the back with Theo and the, yes. Correct. Okay. All right, great. And so prior to the shoot, there's a lot of pre-production, correct? Because Definitely. you, I mean, as far as you're going, your work goes, because you have to create what are called hides, which are uh, seemingly, uh, they look like they're part of the atmosphere or decor of our location, but truly they're little booths with um, double-sided glass. That's correct? right. Joe Warson, the production designer, um, who I've worked with for a long time, he also did scare tactics, but they have to create hides to put the camera guys That's in. That's the technical and, term we call that. Yeah, hides. <laughs> oh, really? Hides to put the camera guys in um, so that people won't suspect that they're on a television show. Yes, I mean, the uh, the amount of creativity that goes into hiding the quote-unquote hides is in itself just fascinating. I mean, you would walk onto a set, I'm telling you, all of you listening, and you would walk in there and you would have no idea that there are literally people behind these little booths shooting everything going on. I hate talking about it. You know that? Yeah. you know Because I don't want to let anyone in on the secret. Yeah, that's true. But oh, we know, can talk about it. You know what? This is something that uh, people can find online. <laughs> it's kind of like talking about, um, you know, how to build a bomb or something. You're like, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about that. Can, can you say that word over? A bomb? <laughs> you don't yeah. want it when you're talking about TV. <laughs> but um, yeah, the point being that even if people know it, they wouldn't know it. I mean, it's, right. you know, it's so well designed. I think there are cameras everywhere nowadays anyways. That's a good point. Everywhere. We were at a restaurant the other day scouting for a future location and you look up and there's just a video camera up. It's like, you know, just, you don't think about it, I don't think, nowadays. Not at all. And um, on our first episodes, uh, we had Joan Rivers and... Uh, Melissa Rivers? Yes, Joan and Melissa. No, were you part of that episode? Did you direct that one? I did not. Okay. Well, I directed the, well, I directed the bit. Okay. okay. At, you, you're giving me hand signals, but it's better to talk because <laughs> it is radio. Well, I don't know how much you of the part, process okay, that I'm allowed that's fine. to uh, Yeah, that's a good point. To okay. let out. Yeah, you know Damon makes a good point because we sign non-disclosures, so we really have to be very careful. We can't talk about um, too much of like what hasn't aired yet and, and some of the behind the scenes stuff just uh, to... Um, contractually fulfill our obligations. But the answer is yes, I did direct uh, Melissa and Joan Rivers a bit. 
okay. that, that uh, they're involved with. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had some incredible uh, stars on the show, and and it's it's been just an incredible Heidi experience. Klum. Heidi Klum, yes. She was fantastic. Unbelievable. Yeah, and that one aired, so we can talk a little bit about that one. Sure. Um, let's just say she gets her, uh, her ass smacked. She does all improv. <laughs> yeah. And again, some of this stuff is online. So, or check out true TV. You know, I would definitely, um, DVR it. Uh, what is, what makes, uh, in your mind, this particular show, um, deal with it so unique? I think it's a smart format. First of all, it's just, it's a repeatable format that people, when you tune in, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to get snippets of, um, little comedy bites straight through the whole half hour. Um, you can tune in almost at any point in time and, and find something funny. That's a great point. You know what else I love about this show? And um, we're talking about hidden camera and kind of a theory behind it and certain things that I think are, are really important is I always like the idea that if someone's watching TV and they're flipping through the channels, they stop when something's going on and they think, what in the hell is that? <laughs> That's and right. I must watch. Yeah. And I think we do an excellent job. There's a lot of really great physicality. Yes. And that alone, you just want to, you could watch this show with no sound and I, and it would be a great show. Yeah. The two Italian guys uh, in the first cycle, one of the first episodes that aired where they had the pillow fight and they were chasing each other around. I mean, it's like a throwback to old sitcoms almost to me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure for you, uh, one of the challenges, you know, when you're directing, uh, let's say a sitcom or a drama, everything's very blocked out. Now, when we do hidden camera, there's some blocking and, and you've blocked me in the past prior to the taping, kind of where I'll be, but we don't know the people coming in. Everything is real. When you watch our show, no one, these people have no idea what's happening and that there has been no rehearsal with them. Everything that you are seeing on this show is happening for the first time in front of our eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it incredibly exciting. And for some people, scary. For me, it's my favorite type of acting. Other yeah. people wouldn't want to do this acting. Yeah, They'd I, want to know their lines. I'd rather do this. I'm more comfortable with this. I, I think on a hidden camera show, the actors are out there more than any other time. And you either fly or you... You die. I mean, it's it's one of those things. You got to be great. You got to be quick on your feet. You got to be funny. Well, one of the things that I learned um, from Howie Mandel, and um, who's you know kind of he's the it man, I believe, when it comes to hidden camera. He's he's just you know a savant at this. Yeah. I mean, he could teach a he could do a, a four year university uh, class, uh, you know, a degree. Yeah. And I've had the good fortune of attending it, having you know been able to work with him so closely all these years, and. His philosophy is it's not about the actor. It's about the people we're pranking. They're the stars. Right. So it's a little different philosophy than some shows. Like, for example, and this is no knock on Jamie Kennedy experiment. That show um, was very successful. And it just, it just kind of, in my mind, took a different approach to Hidden Camera and that Jamie was playing zany characters. And it was more or as much about those characters as it was the people he was pranking. Would and you agree? Jamie Kennedy's a star and that, that show was a vehicle and for yes, him to create incredible characters, incredible creative characters that are funny. And it's like, but that's the Jamie Kennedy experiment. It's like, look at me, I'm putting on this crazy character. Right, and there's nothing and, wrong with it. Yeah, it's just- it's just different. It's different. And I think that I what I love about Howie's approach and which is also Mike Carney's and, and in all of our approaches- is that we're we're pl we're playing it real, and that it is about the people we're pranking. It, it really it harkens back to, and I use the word harkens. I don't do that very often. <laughs> it really goes back to hit to the the earliest of hidden camera shows, which would be candid camera, right? Yeah, definitely, and I think that's the fun part about hidden cameras: this study of people and what are they going to do, um, put in a different situation. I think that in society you're taught to be so polite nowadays um, that it's interesting to watch how much can you get away with. As an actor, I think you, you see it a lot of times when you're in a scene is how far can I push this person before they're going to have an adverse reaction or want to get out of the situation or they're going to try and do something interesting to talk their way out of it. Um, well, the, the funniest things when I'm, when I'm out there acting 
what I keep in my head, and it's not, it's just fortunately it's become very natural because I've done it a lot, is I want them to talk as much as possible. I don't want to be the one doing all the talking and I won't be, even right. if there's quiet, because it's not, that's not what this is. You know, we want to see the reactions. We want to see the awkward pauses, the moments where they're squirming. And a lot of actors, I believe, sometimes who haven't done this, they feel that it's their time to put on a, you know, a Shakespearean performance. And, they're, right. and they are uncomfortable with the discomfort of the mark. That's the person we're pranking. And so they start doing things to comfort them. Also a huge mistake as an actor because we want to see the discomfort. Right. But, right. you know, and I'm sure you've seen this in your work with some actors. Uh, definitely. And I think that one of the hardest parts I think that I've heard in, in being an actor is listening and just kind of being there in the moment, you know, there's a lot of exercises, look each other in the eyes and just kind of sit there and look at each other. And it's in hidden camera. Those are the moments that force the other person into such an uncomfortable position that they have to react and they have to take some action to get out of the situation that they're in. hundred percent. And what I have found is that by listening, it dictates what I'm going to do. If right. I'm not listening, I'm not even, I'm not even in the scene. Yeah. You know, if I'm just trying to think about what I'm going to say next, that's what I love about it. When you're on, you know, when you're doing hidden camera and you and the director have to keep up on this, you're right on the, on all, you know, what's being said, of course, but um, it's a, a crazy dance and you don't know where it's going to go. And sometimes I'll just be not saying anything and they'll say something and I'll, you know, my ears perk up and I'll explore like questions like, Tell me how you feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you look upset. <laughs> yeah. And, not, not, and that's it. Open-ended questions. Right. No yes or no question. You look upset. Yeah. I'm getting the sense, you know, something's wrong here or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, and those are such nuanced uh, things that you have to keep in mind when you're acting. Yeah. And, and you are doing a dance as the director with us, the actor, yet, you know, we don't see what's going beyond behind going on behind the scenes because we're out on the on the stage so to speak yeah I, we're lucky enough on this show that mike harney's been around for so long that he knows how to equip the show so that it's covered the coverage is it, it works wherever we are in the location and um you know you talked about it earlier and covering the scene with the cameras and one of the things that's tough also is that there's no movement in the cameras the cameras are stationary the entire time you're kind of stuck in one spot it's a great point it's, um, you know, on a drama, you can move, the, you can put it on a, a dolly and move it. You can put it on a crane, wherever you want. And Dollies would be, um, explain what a dolly is. A dolly is a, a, a rig that you put a camera on top of that has wheels on it that goes on a track. That It looks like a train track. It looks like a train track. And you, you would follow the action? Follow right? the action okay. right along, right? Yeah, of course you can't do that because they'd see the camera. Right. And so it's, um, in that way, it's interesting too because you have to kind of forethink what's going to happen. Where could they possibly go and really have the whole area covered? Mm -hmm. Although you can't obviously get everything covered because the other thing that, um, you know, when you're acting, when an uh, actor is engaged in a scene, they often wear an earpiece, not always, but sometimes so the director can communicate right into their ear and say, a little to your left, Vic, a little to your left, because you're blocking the shot, Vic, things like that. So when one is acting in a hidden camera bit, you, uh, w when I'm acting in a hidden camera bit, I have to be aware of what the director's telling me as far as my blocking goes and be 100% present in the scene and then um, and react in the moment. And it's fun. Yeah. And it's a unique, it's, it's the only kind of acting that's, that's like that. It's like a live sitcom where I think the actors are given a little bit more freedom than a sitcom actor. Yes. You don't necessarily have every line written out for you before you go in. You have... The ability to kind of improvise, we even though beats. you're being fed lines sometimes from behind from people, you do also have to kind of think pretty quickly and, and improvise and, and just be on top of things. Another thing, uh, Damon, that I find so fascinating about hidden camera is that there are two, in my mind, types of hidden camera situations. Uh, and when I mean situations, I'm talking about the marks, the people that we will be pranking. There are, are some situations where we have multiple prank, multiple marks, excuse me. And a multiple, multiple marks would mean, let's say, for example, there were the, the hidden camera bit was you're at a popsicle stand 
you know, and we have a pop, we have a camera there, and our actor is selling popsicles at a popsicle stand. And every half hour, a different person comes over, and we shoot them a hidden camera, get a great bit, and then they leave, and then the next person comes up. That would be multiple marks. That one bit, the popsicle sale thing, we get multiple people to do, and it's great because it amortizes your cost as a hidden camera production because you can get more bits for the right. cost of one setup, and then. There is one hidden camera show that I uh, wrote on and also acted in that cost a fortune to make <laughs> where there were no multiple marks and that literally if the person got wind of the bit or uh, something went wrong, you know, technically, there was no turning back. Right. And I'm guessing, I mean, it was hundreds of thousands. I don't maybe a million dollars. I don't know how many, you know, hundreds of thousands of this, this show was. I'm talking about mobbed. Right. On Fox. And again, uh, all of you, uh, if you haven't seen it, seen this series, it was on Fox a few years ago, maybe even a year ago. Uh, just just look up M-O-B-B-E-D, Mobbed. That was the show. Or Howie Mandel. Um, there might be some clips of me in it too. Well, my um, favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite performances of yours was when you were the uh, record label president sitting behind the desk and you were going to take the guy's song and you were going to flip it into a rap song. Right. And he was kind of a rocker, I think is what, and I, I thought the guy was going to come over the table at you. And to me, it was an amazing performance by you to be able to sit there in the chair and just kind of, um, sit. It's so weird to say, but just to sit and not do anything to me was amazing. Oh, thank you. Because I thought the guy was going to come over the table. It was so intense to me. Yeah, it was for me too. Yeah. <laughs> was it scary though? I mean, well, it's gotta yeah. be, that's a thing, like being on the floor. I, I've done bits too where guys have been hit in the head. People have run through glass doors because they don't know what's going on. And it's kind of a scary thing. Right, no, um, I love it because I really love people. And I, I have a very good sense, I've been, I believe, uh, as far as how far I can push someone. I have been told, I remember once on How We Do It, uh, we had a bit where I was dressed as a woman in a fake dating show and <laughs> the guy was very unhappy, the contestant, when I was the one, it was rigged, of course, yeah. that he got matched up with through, of course, <laughs> our computer system. And I remember that I was kept trying to hold his hand and people were concerned I would get, you know, the guy would just start swinging. But, you know, I had a good sense of how many times I could do it. And, you know, there's a fine line and, and I think there's an instinct that one develops or just naturally as far as how far you know, and, and I have a really good sense of it. And in that case, what happened was we had uh, a bunch of brothers and they were, in, two of them were in an argument and, but, and they were in a band. So the, the ruse, we always started each mobbed episode with a hidden camera prank, which then blossomed into a, uh, a mob, uh, like, you know, was singing and dancing, a flash mob. So in this case, uh, two brothers were battling it out. They hadn't talked in a long time. And so the ruse was we got a hold of, this is broad strokes here, but uh, somehow a studio got a hold of their music and uh, loved it. And, and we brought the band in and it, it was the creepiest uh, set. It was in a warehouse. And uh, at the end of the warehouse was like one white desk and a carpet. <laughs> and I, we had like some like really uh, scantily clad models and me. And I had this really horrible beard. Actually, it's pretty cool. I like your beard. Thing. You. Not that it's horrible. <laughs> That's a nice compliment. But um, yeah, and then what we did is we said, uh, we isolated the guy we were going to be surprising and, and we were pranking and said, you know, I'm like, who's the, who's the lead? Because this is amazing. The voice in this song is incredible. And he goes, oh my God. I go, really spoke to me. And he goes, really? You know, yeah. You know, guys, can I just talk to your lead singer here? So the brother, the brothers all left and it's just me and him. And, um, and we had the bit, some, there were some brilliant, um, ideas from the staff about in the writers and about, um, the idea was that we took his song and, uh, we removed all his vocals and turned it into a rap song. And we knew that he hated rap. And so what you're describing Damon, when you saw the episode, and again, I think there's a clip online on YouTube, uh, is this guy just going crazy he looked like he was going to jump over the table any any second. I was like, Vic's going to get punched today. Yeah, and what happened was he kept screaming, uh, get away from me, get away from me. And um, this is what we're talking about. If this guy leaves the set, there's no bit. I mean, we've got, you know, hundreds, maybe a thousand people outside that warehouse ready to dance and sing 
to a multiple of songs, you know, tons of songs. And I mean, like so much had been put into this. And this guy at that moment, what happened was he was afraid I was going to whack him. He, it was because oh. it was so scary in that warehouse yeah. that he thought I was dangerous. So when the cameras came out, he said, oh, good. So wait, let's paint the picture though. You're how tall and you weigh how much? Well, I play I play <laughs> five three to five eight. <laughs> okay, five two and a half to five eight. <laughs> I play uh, one uh, thirty to one fifty two. Yeah. yeah, not to put you on the spot. No, not at all. Hey, I'm answering. You're a it's large, a fair question. You're a very large man. I'm a very but this kid was pretty much uh, you know he wasn't exactly a uh, weightlifter himself, but he was definitely freaked out. And um, fortunately, we kept him there, and and then and then it it went off without a hitch, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was scary for me too. You know, I had a bad, I made sure I stayed behind my desk. I mean, I was in front and then I went behind cause I thought he would jump. Have you ever seen, you know, I, I just want to remind everyone when we say the, the shows you've worked on scare tactic tactics, that scare tactics is a huge, uh, I mean, legendary hidden camera show. And, uh, again, Mike Harney, uh, spearheading our project yep. was one of the leaders of that, Absolutely. Brilliant show. Yep. And so we get his experience. It, you know, this is part of the excitement of working on on this show. Yeah. You know, currently. No, it's a great team. And I, like I said, I've known Mike for a long time and, and uh, I think he's great. Yeah. Um, he really knows how to. And we've, we've been through a lot of weird, you go through a lot of weird experiences on hidden camera shows, mm -hmm. I think. Just what do you mean by that? People's behavior sometimes is... Um, Erratic. Are you talking about people running the show? I think. <laughs> or are you talking? No, I'm serious. I'm no, not no, sure because no, no. you I said people. That, I think that the people that you work with on the hidden camera shows, you get to see a lot of interesting behaviors from people who are in front of the camera. And I, I think that the human that, nature of human of, nature of people. Yeah. And I think that I think that a lot of people who are involved the people in the hidden pranking. camera of the people we're pranking. That's the yeah. most important thing. Is is the most interesting thing is seeing how people react in situations. What has been the crazy, uh, before I go there, I just want to be very clear for all of you uh, exactly what the shows we're talking about. Now, Scare Tactics was on sci-fi. That's right. right. And it was like their biggest hit ever, would you say? Um, I don't know if it was the biggest hit ever, but they were, they were pretty happy it's with a it. Claim. It's run for a long time. Right. And, I mean, and again, go on YouTube, give yourself a treat. And look at some of these episodes. Any one particular you'd recommend? Sure, Vampire Motorbikers. Vampire Motorbikers. Okay. <laughs> Did you were you a part of that one? In yeah, any that's way? one that I directed. Yeah. Okay. Any others you directed? Uh, there's a lot of them. I, I offhand I don't have titles of them, but um, okay. Well, I we'll did start a few seasons of that show, and and the difference between that show and I think Deal with It. Deal with It is a comedy, so it's light, it's bright, it's supposed to be well lit, you know, and it's it's very sitcommy in the fact that you want everything to play in the close up. And Scare Tactics, what we tried to do, I think, was to create a bigger cinematic kind of vision for that show. Um, and it's almost like it's a, uh, a horror movie that somebody steps into when they become the lead character in it. Yeah, and uh, if you haven't seen Scare Tactics, this would be an awesome time to become a fan. You know, they're easy to get those episodes uh, online, you know, purchase, rent, whatever. Um, and the premise of the show is half hour, basically, uh, it's just scaring the crap out of people. You know, it's <laughs> that it. simple. Yep. And um, now I had a, the good fortune prior to booking you here on this show, uh, Damon, to talk to Mike Harney about you. And it was very interesting. He said something I, I was not aware of and that uh, he credits you uh, largely with the, what you just described, the cinematic uh, look of the whole series because evidently you were a part of the early formation of kind of what the show was going to look like visually. So that's quite a nice uh, that's comment. That's a great compliment. I, I, that, I'm very thankful for that, for that compliment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I came out of USC. So as a film student, I went through film production uh, undergraduate there. And it was always about, to me, that show, the great part about it was that you get to create a different cinematic scene and put somebody into it every week. So I think that we always try to kind of light it differently and stylize it in a different way so that every segment is a little bit different. So it's not about just banging out a bit where you're going to just scare someone to death. It sounds like it's also kind of, you're looking at this as a piece of art. It wasn't, to me, it was never about banging them out. It was always about doing them differently and lighting them differently. And um, 
the show has since kind of moved on and and they uh, took it out of the country and it's kind of I think it's different you know uh, I'm biased but it, it's got a different flavor to it I think well, well how's the flavor changed um, I think it's a little more uh, that's duller <laughs> not enough edge. How about that not enough edge but here's the thing when I did scare tactics the beginning we were kind of pushing the limits too in that uh, the legal limits and you didn't know what the uh, the legal ramifications of a lot of things were. And uh, as you do hidden camera, you get to learn all the legal... What were some of the legal things you learned and maybe the hard way? <sighs> um, I think how far you can push people. How far can you push them? Subjective. So it's you're out there in the middle of the desert and uh, a guy's scared to death. Do you, does he have a gun on him? Does he have a knife on him? You know, so you don't know that ahead of time? You, you have to ask him before he comes in. But I mean, how many guys carrying a concealed weapon is he going to say to you? Oh, yeah, I have a concealed weapon in my back pocket. Did anyone ever have one? Um, luckily, no. Not, the, not on the shoots that I was on. It would bring a whole new meaning to shoot. Right. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> It'd be but, you guys scared. But, you know, I've seen some things where, where uh, Dave Sheridan, who's uh, done a lot of hidden camera, he was on Buzzkill, and Travis Draft, who also, they created Buzzkill way back when for MTV. Game show, uh, right? Buzzkill was uh, Travis Draft, Dave Sheridan, and uh, Frank Huditz, who, um, and they would go around and they just kind of did crazy things. It was okay. pre-Tom Green. So it was okay. kind of... They would, they would Tom go Green down. light a little bit? Tom, I mean, they were crazy. If really? you see, oh, I'll have to check that out. They're great. They were great. Um, they went down to Nashville and they, they would break into a record producer's office and they'd, you know, one of them was playing the guitar and kicking around on his desk. The other one's the manager and they dressed up. I mean, it's crazy. So connect that to what you're... So Dave and Travis, Dave Sheridan and Travis Draft basically did a bit um, for me and they, they came out... Boy, where's I going with this? I just We're talking about what you learned about how far you can go, so how far you can push. Dave and Travis have pushed and pushed and pushed. But anyways, Dave and Travis were in a bit and um, Dave had a fake knife in the bag. And I said, no, 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 no. Take the knife out. Pull the knife out. I don't want to have the knife in the bit. You can't do it for legal reasons. Well, Dave, being as crazy as he is, ends up pulling the knife out in the anyways, middle of the bit. Yeah. In the, he went against the director. <laughs> yeah, he went over. Yeah, imagine that. Because that's a that. big deal. It's no, a, I mean, maybe yeah, for you, know you guys, that was not, that was just because your family, I guess, after you've worked so long. But I mean, that's a huge no-no. I've known Dave for a long time and I know I, he's, he's kind of out there. So you he, know he when you're working with pushes, him. Yeah. And I know Travis was there and Travis has been in hundreds of bits with me. Okay. And so Dave pulls the knife out and, and, um. Was that a general rule? You cannot have fake knives yeah, on the set? I, I don't know if it was in place at that point. Okay. But it may come in. A, anyway, so the kid jumps over the the front seat and just starts pounding Dave in the head. I mean, fists are flying. Travis is Dave's good friend. They've known each other forever. So Travis is telling the kid, no, 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 no. You know, and then the reveal comes in. Did you use that in the final cut, the beating up? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I bet that was a big discussion with the network. I don't know. Yeah. Is that online? That's probably online. What would be the name of that episode? Uh, that was a hitchhiker. Hitchhiker episode. Um, if you look up hitchhiker. So you guys would shoot in locations that just by their very nature, would scare people. We like would in shoot the woods. in the middle of the desert. We, we, we were in Vegas, and we would shoot in the middle of the desert and bring out lights and put up four light, you know, big, huge work lights, and that's it. You know, right. you get drawn, driven out and dropped off. And now, you get nowhere to go. Why uh, Las Vegas or why Nevada? Was it due to hidden camera laws? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so most of you, and now you're, when you set out a country, they're now shooting in Canada. Yeah, that's okay. right. Okay, great. Now, when you scare someone that bad, there's a saying that says, you know, scared the beep out of me. Right. Had you ever had that on the set where a, uh, you know, a mark, again, that's someone who doesn't know they're on camera, uh, literally pooped themselves? I think <laughs> after seeing it so many times and you, and you begin to learn that crazy things <laughs> can happen and it, yeah. it starts to kind of to wear on, it started to wear on me. And the one that got me was... Uh, Wait, we but hold on. Did anyone ever... Poop their pants? Yeah. I love I love that we both said <laughs> poop. It feels very grown up, doesn't it? It's very grown up. I don't know. Okay. Well, not, you know what? Not to my knowledge. One day, if we ever get Mike Harney in here, we'll have to find out. 
I bet Mike knows. How about on staff? Did you ever poop your pants? Um, yes. <laughs> okay, good. And that was on the drive over here. It was no. It was usually due to uh, too much alcohol at the at the Vegas casinos. Oh, very nice. It only happened once. That's a great story um, for another episode. Yeah, it's another episode. <laughs> I wish we could squeeze that in right now. <laughs> I jest. Yeah. Um, but you started. I mean, that show was so kind of out of the box, and it, seeing people get scared. One kid. Um, Travis Draft was in another bit where he was getting his back. We made it look like he was getting his back filleted in a leather shop so that it appeared as though the leather shop owner was using human skin to tan and, and to create clothing. And so the kid kind of walked in the room, saw Travis with his back open and Travis was screaming and the kid just turned and bolted and, and ran out the front door of an old Las Vegas um, leather tannery store mm -hmm. and missed the push bar and hit the glass. Oh. And the glass wasn't tempered. It was an old store, so it was just plate glass. And he just kind of flopped oh. over the uh, oh. push bar. And I just saw big plates of glass kind oh. of come down. And I would, I literally, I was like, uh, tonight somebody's going to go to jail because this kid is going to, he's going to be Think he just die? I think he just died. Like literally sheet, you know, like a big sheet oh of glass. God. And so he kind of, he was flopped over the, the rail for a little bit. And then after a few seconds, which seemed like a long time, he kind of stood up. He pushed the bar out. And of course, at this time, people were yelling, you're on a hidden camera show. He pushed the, the door out and ran. And somebody caught him, you know, of course, a block or two down and brought him back. But his wrists were cut. His face was cut like right between his eyes. He had a, a kind of a, a big cut. In Thank God it didn't get worse. It just, you know, and it's like, is that, I don't know. It just it started to wear him. It's like, okay. So there's an emotional toll. It's a little bit much. Well, because you know? these are real people. They're real people. And it's, 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 this kid hadn't, this kid had been set up by somebody else. Right. So it's like, okay, what's. Do you ever run into uh, like a moral or ethical dilemma? When you're doing hidden camera, I, I don't. You know what? That's why deal with it is so great. Because yeah, I've never had to deal with that kind it, of, because it's, it's all fun and light. It's all fun and it's all light. And it's all comedy. And it's not about, you know, trying to trying to make people feel a negative yeah. energy. It's just kind of putting them in an un uncomfortable spot. And someone's going to win potentially $5,000. Somebody's winning money. It's light. You know what I mean? It's not like we're we're trying to to do anything crazy. It's It's comedy. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think that's what's great. The whole thing is comedy, comedy, comedy. It's like laugh, laugh, laugh. It's not mean. It's not angry. It's, it's just, not. You're it's right. about being funny. It's like, wow, what what greater job can you ask for, basically? Yeah, for, and, for me, it's like Howie Mandel show right. that's He's about every comedy. Shoot. And all I have to do is try and capture the funny. It's like, are you kidding me? That's the greatest job in the world. I agree. I'm it's right incredible. There, I'm right there with you. Every day, it's a gift to go into that show. Absolutely. As it is in all Howie shows, I'd say. You know, my experience has been. Yeah. Now, you also uh, started, I want to kind of backtrack just for a moment because I, I want to kind of understand how you got to where you and I are sitting here talking about you directing with Howie Mandel and then Mike Carney. And you, you went to USC. You did an undergrad at film, in film school. That's right. That's not an easy school to get into. The film school is very challenging. That's right. So were you a brilliant high school student or did no, you No, I was a horrible high school student. Did you student. make a crazy awesome film that got you in? No. So what happened? Did your parents buy a building? <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, uh, an outhouse? When I was 18, here's how it happened. I was a horrible high school student. And you were in Massachusetts? I was in Massachusetts. Where? Uh, Groton, small town central. Uh, was it Agroton? Groton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, cheese on top. I don't know. Okay, so you were in Groton? So I was in Groton, Massachusetts, small town. There were 100 people in my high school. And uh, one of my friends, her mother was a casting person in Boston. And at the time, I had just bought rollerblades. I was an ice hockey player. I bought rollerblades, so I would rollerblade around town. And she said, look, there's a, a commercial shooting. They're looking for people who know how to rollerblade. You know how to do it. I was like, yeah. She goes, you want to go in and be in a commercial? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, so we went in, got the commercial, and I thought it was the greatest job ever. Literally, we played street hockey for six hours. There was food everywhere. They're like, do you need anything else? Spritzing us. And then a few months later, I got a residual check for thousands of dollars. And I'm like, this is the greatest job in the world. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, I was like, wow. I, I had never, living in Massachusetts, I'd never thought about 
producing television, directing television, directing, you know, none of that Were you stuff. one of those junkies where you went to every movie loved, that came out? Oh, and... I loved movies. I mean, that was my saddest, like, I love movies forever. And a TV and, junkie and as TV, well? Please, a TV was on every night. My mother was like, shut the TV off, shut the TV off. I got a TV, put it in my room. What you know, were you was, watching? Like, Can of Camera? Uh, Carol Burnett? Or, sitcom, I don't know sitcom. how your age, but... All in the Family like, I love. Yeah, I mean, I mean Cheers I love. You know, it's like all these sitcoms that so were... Comedy. Comedy, comedy, comedy. And it was just... It was because to me, it was just light. It's like I would hang out with those people. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'm a big fan of your work, Damon. I don't know if you know that. And I loved you in, I loved you in tight shorts. And I know you did, you had an acting role in that. Oh, tight shorts. Tight shorts. <laughs> that was a comedy movie that I produced. <laughs> did you I see I saw it? that. I know I did not see oh. it, but I saw it on the, uh, it's online. the credit. I saw the credits online. I'm oh, like, oh, really? he did porn because <laughs> tight shorts does not even sound like a legitimate anything. <laughs> I think it was a UCLA thing that I, I just did love for it. somebody. I, like, I love that that's where your one acting credit. Yeah. I think you have one acting credit. I'm yeah. sure you've done more than one thing, but it's like tight shorts. Yeah. No tight shorts. <laughs> hey, we all like, need to pay the bills. It's an expense. USC is expensive. It was a favor, I think, to somebody. I'm sure it was. Yeah. So uh, so you're, you decide that, what, I like this business. I can't look at all this I money rolling so I, in. Yeah. I like, And it was fun. It was great. I was like, I've loved TV forever. Please, if that's a job, I'm in. It's like just making TV because I that's all I I loved it. Who were your legends as a kid? Like the your your the people you wish uh, oh I'd love to work with that guy or lady. Well, look, I grew up in New England, so Bobby Orr was a, a legend. Okay, to a me. very funny guy. Johnny Busick's another very funny great guy. I'm talking player. comedic legends, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not like the, you know no you know sitcom, not sports legends. All although sitcoms, that's, sitcoms that's to me were sitcoms to me were like. It was just light. It was easy. It was great. Was All there anyone in particular, though, like actors? You're like, oh, or have you worked with any of them out here that, you know, like as a kid, you're like, oh, that guy, that is just a genius. Um, boy, I'm just thinking back. You know, look, there's the Brady Bunch. There's different strokes. There's All in the Family. There's Cheers. There's. There wasn't like one person. I get that. No, it was more it about the format, the show, the story, and, and just that whole sitcom. Yeah. Uh, like I said, episode, this, the life of the sitcom versus a particular actor. Yeah. Some people grow up, they're like, I have to meet. You know, I got to meet someone. And, but it I, sounds I, like that wasn't you. I, look, I love actors. I think they're great. They're always interesting to me. I love them. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my favorites was Howie. And so to have the opportunity to work with him, how awesome. Incredible. You know? Yeah. So, um, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, and now you find yourself immersed in it. So you get, you what, you figured, I'm going to uh, apply to USC so because I went, I to, be I went to a uh, community college for television, kind of, you know, a little three-camera three television, Mount Wachusett Community College. Sure, sure. Television and broadcasting program. Right. So I went, loved it. That I, must have been a tough class. Transferred to USC. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? You're in a community college watching TV shows. It's the greatest thing ever. Making TV shows. Oh, you're making, making them. Yeah, so it was, so like it was a, I'm just giving you a hard time, but yeah, it was, but you actually, and you got the grades to transfer into USC? Transfer to USC, but the film school you have to apply separately to. Okay. So I got to USC orientation and um, I said, well, I want to take film classes. And I go, well, you got to be in the film school to take the film classes. And if you're not in the film school, you can't take the classes. You can only take a couple of them. And I was like, oh boy, it's a whole thing. And so they're like, well, you should do your general education. Go do biology and algebra and all that, whatever, you know, calculus. Get all this stuff out of the way. And apply to film school again. I said, I didn't come to USC to, to not go to film school. You could have so, done it in Wachitachachuchi Community College. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, uh, It'd be a I, lot cheaper, too. I, I called my father, who God bless, he and my mother, they helped me pay for USC. Right. And I said, I'm going to USC. I didn't come to take general ed classes. I'm going to take film classes, and I just want your blessing on it. He goes, go ahead. Do what you want to do. You know, it's, it's yeah, What a degree. gift, right? Unbelievable. Kind of support. And so I took, all I did was take film classes, film classes, film classes. At the same time, I went to Santa Monica Community College and did my- Because you missed Wichita Choo Because I, at Wichita Choo Choo, <laughs> I you wanted to do, do another community experience. Uh, but I got all my, whatever, biology so and all that stuff money, right? out of the way. they all transferred. Yes, they all transferred in. Smart. That was a good thing. But also let me take the film classes. So I got to know the, the film instructors who then wrote recommendations to get me into the film school. Oh, Okay. So that's the the. So the recommendations story. were coming from Santa Monica College. Those no, from USC because I took the film classes at USC. So I took all I did was take. There were certain film the ones classes you could, you take, could take as a non-major. Yeah, and I also I, I petitioned I to get into a couple other classes because I'm like, okay. look, this is, 
anyways. So you actually got into the film school through that? I did. Okay. Yeah. And was that like your sophomore year? Uh, that was my junior year. So it's a two-year program, basically. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. great. Now, um, so but, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, you are a sitcom. I heard you talking with Mark about sitcoms. You Mark Price. Mark Price. A prior guest from Family Ties. Prior, yes. He played Skippy. That's right. Yes, Michael J. Fox's good friend on that sitcom. And you guys talked about sitcoms a lot. Are you a sitcom fan? I enjoy sitcoms, but certain types I have kind of uh, kind of picky taste. Because you had a Dick Van Dyke reference in there. Oh, did I? I don't even remember. Are you a Dick Van Dyke fan? I mean, I've loved Dick Van Dyke. And I think um, he's a brilliant actor. I mean, comedically, he's, you know. Sam Denoff, who was a, a big writer during that time, um, Sam Denoff and Bill Persky, basically, Sam was one of the guys who got me into film school. And he's, he's passed away, but he was a sitcom writer. Mary Tyler Moore, Dick Van Dyke show. I mean, all that. How do you spell his name? We'll look him up. S-A-M-D-E-N-O-F-F. -F. Denoff. Okay, he was one of those old school, old early school, 70s smoke sitcom. a cigar, sat back, like classy. Uh, it was unbelievable. How did he help you? Uh, I took one of the classes that he was teaching, which was a, a four-camera sitcom class, which is all I wanted to do anyways. And um, and he, he wrote me the recommendation. So Got you into the film school. Yeah. It, have you directed a, a sitcom? I have not directed a sitcom. Is that one of your goals? I'd love to direct sitcoms. So you're are you working on that actively? Uh, you know, it's, um, I guess so. I don't know. How do, how do you break into that? It's like Fred Savage directs sitcoms now because Fred Savage right. is like an actor. Well, that means you need to become a child star. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. Right. And then, or you or like the same thing with um, Ron Howard, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. But then there are plenty of others who can't make that transition. Right. So that's what also what I do like about Hollywood is that it doesn't matter. Like you really have to prove yourself at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Laverne and Shirley, everyone knows that. Or if you don't know, uh, Penny Marshall is Gary Marshall's sister. Yeah. Gary Marshall not only created Happy Days, but he also created Laverne and Shirley. And Gary Marshall create in that sitcom, Laverne and Shirley put his sister in there as lead character. Yeah. But if she couldn't perform, that just would never happen. Right. If she couldn't do the job. So you still got to show up and do the work. Definitely. And she did. Yeah. So, I love Laverne and Shirley, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. And Happy Days. Yeah, I always feel good. Keep naming them. So now you get out of USC. You've got these bills, hopefully most of them paid for. So got, out of, got out of USC, had some, whatever, some debt. Everybody has debt, so it doesn't matter. Uh, went to work for James Gray, who was one of my instructors at USC, who was directing a film for Miramax titled The Yards which had a huge cast, Mark Wahlberg, Joaquin Phoenix, James Caan, Faye Dunaway, Ellen Burstyn, Charlize Theron. And was so you're fresh out of college. He said, if you guys want a job when you get out, call me and you can come work for me as my assistant. And to me, that's a, the, it's like, are you kidding hello, me? That's hello. like an apprenticeship. For sure. And the guy, I mean, I loved his movies, so I was like, do right. it. Now, and when you left USC, was your attitude, did you have a sense of self-importance, kind of like, a little bit of an ego, like, yeah, I graduated from the best, if not one of the best film schools in the world. Yeah, that's right. I don't you know. know I'm, I'm pretty know, special in that regard. My trajectory is different, I think, than a lot of people that went through film school. I mean, a lot of those guys are comic book guys and, and like hugely, like like James Gray has watched movies incessantly, you know, since he's been like a, like a, a toddler, I think. Right. But he, he's like, he loves- In utero. Like- that would th he's known that trajectory, and it took me a while to discover it, you know. Um, but I think sitcoms, I know like the back of my hand. What do you, What do you think of sitcoms today? I, I haven't watched sitcoms today, so I, I guess. But to me, it's like Hidden Camera is kind of a, a more interesting sitcom in that every day we go out almost is a different location that you have to think about differently. You can move the cameras wherever you want. Um, it unfolds differently all the time. So in, in an intellectual way, it's more interesting than watching a play kind of unfold. I love it because what I love is I think that reality is oftentimes more fascinating than what's written. And what's beautiful is that in Hidden Camera, it's a, the most perfect melding of both. And we get, we get the structure of how we'd like to see the bit play out, mm -hmm. right? So there's the written part of like you'd have in a sitcom or, you know, beats, beats the actors must hit. But then you get this thing without a net, 
Right. You know, where you don't know what's going to happen. I think that one of the, there are, I think what, I'm not sure if people know this or not, but there are writers in Hidden Camera. Right. And to be very clear, all they're writing are what, who are, what to do to what we're, the, the things that we need to do to prank someone. But there's right. no writing as far as, and, it, and it's very important, you know, everything I've ever done hidden camera wise, everything Howie's ever done, and I know everything you've done and Mike Carney, it's all real. These people yeah. who we are pranking have no clue what's happening. And it's, and, and that is very important because that's your integrity right there as a creator of hidden camera. Right. And to be clear, I don't mean that they're writing lines for people, but I'm they being are very clear. Yeah. Right. No, they're, they're they line, definitely structure though. There still has to be a story to, told. Otherwise, it's to be, a free for all. You got to say, right. what do we? What's the objective here? That's like, for right. example, in the first act on the game show, it's like you know, for two hundred fifty dollars, um, you know, put a hair pick in your hair and tease it. Right. You know, we have to know. Not that that's even in the show, but it would be much funnier than that in the real show. But point being is that we someone has come up with that idea ahead of time. What we think would be funny, but yep. we have no idea if the guy, if the person's going to, you know, who we're pranking is going to do it. Yeah. Or the contestant is going to get their friend, in this case, to do it. That's who we're pranking. That makes sense. And if it doesn't, great. It's a tease. You got to watch the show. <laughs> what do you think of sitcoms today? Well, you know, I think that um, there are certain sitcoms that I favor over others. Um, I think for me, I'm a little unusual in that I have a hard time investing in a lot of sitcoms. I don't like things that are so canned. Um, like I like Larry David a lot. Yeah. You know, that kind of single camera thing just feels so real to me. Right. But then again, I honestly liked um, The New Girl. You know, I'm into, I also like chick kind of stuff. Right. Um, I've never, I have not been someone who like watches every sitcom that comes out every season and is just jumping on, you yeah. know, gnawing at the bit to, to see what's out there. You don't want to act on a sitcom. I would love to. Oh. And, I, and I've had, a, <laughs> I would love to. No, yeah. but as far as you're asking me what I watch or what I like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I tend to like stuff that's more real. Yeah. Um, but I would love to be on a sitcom. It feels like sitcoms have kind of been dumbed down to, a, in a weird way, a demographic dumbness, you know? And, and that all, well, in the, all in the family tried to be a little bit more than just a comedy in a lot of ways and, and what they were dealing with. And that's kind of gone away. It's just... Uh, well, I got to tell you, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm 100% honest about this. I'm happy. I love what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I would I would love to be hidden camera actor and, and writer and, and just, and, and this is it. I mean, I have an amazing time and it, it's collaborative and fun and, and the collaboration always yeah. builds the bit to a better level than if it just, you know, had been one person, you know, it's so collaborative in the moment. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's so exciting and, you know, everyone has their sweet spot, right? I think where you feel, and it's just, yeah, definitely. I feel so at home, you know, and, and just warm and fuzzy and cuddly, you know, yeah. <laughs> in that world. Yep. And especially when I'm in front of the camera with them rolling, you know, it's just a sense of kind of how to how to go about it. it I think it's a great you place know? to be for, like you say, a collaborative, creative process, and and a lot of different people have to work together. Yeah, and some to people make it happen. Well, one of the big complaints often in um, sitcoms is, or in TV production, or you know, it could be like too many voices or too many notes or whatever the case may be. And on our show, I really think that all the collaboration. At the end of the episode, you know, when we're shooting, it really brings the cream come rises to the top. Yeah, you know, and it's how every episode I thought has it's worked that way. So um, we're we're really almost running out of time here. Um, but I wanted to ask you just where do you see your future, and what have you learned from your past? Why don't we just start with what have you learned from your past? Where do I, oh, what do I have learned? It's a very big past? question and I, maybe I need to be it, more pointed. Slow, no, no, it's easy. Slow down. Enjoy it. Enjoy the moment every day. Slow down. I used to go like crazy. I used to run, 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 run. Scare tactics was always about beating the clock, get the camera, did it. And it's like, just stop and breathe and enjoy it for a minute. I have two kids now. So it's like, yeah, you have to slow down. So you feel that when you say slow down, what you're particularly talking about is when you are on the set itself. It's about taking a breath, taking in the moment, and just doing the work in a, in, a, in a place of gratitude and enjoying. Yeah. Isn't that life anyway? I mean, that's life. In, I think on set or in life in general. Do you have a spiritual life? Um, I suppose. I mean, that sounds very spiritual and grounded. Yeah, I guess. You have two kids? Two kids. Did you um, 
uh, record the con conception on hidden camera? <laughs> It's a fair question. If I did, I wouldn't let anyone know. <laughs> okay. And what about the birth? <laughs> the birth we did not shoot. Were there nine hidden cameras? There were not any <laughs> hidden cameras of the birth. One in utero? <laughs> <laughs> but if there were, you'd be the guy to direct it. Yeah, sure. Man, I'm so disappointed we're out of time. I mean, I we're really time, winding Vic. down here. You know, if if people... Um, Damon, I got to come down to Skid Row more often. You know what? Who knew it was this fun, right? It's great down here. If you uh, if if people wanted to find you and, and see more of your work, do you have a website or? You know, I'm repped right now at Kaplan Staller, which is an agency here in town. Okay, so they uh, could contact yeah, they uh, call, an agent there. If, yeah, if, Melissa Campbell's my agent. Okay, and uh, do you have any other projects on the horizon that you can talk about? Um, and if not, I no, understand. not really, not not right now. You know what? Look, stay in the moment, stay in the project, be happy. Yeah, and you know, it's so I'm thrilling. Directing a Howie Mandel executive produced comedy it's like where where am i gonna go yeah i i'm with you on that you know <laughs> i go to the set today i'm going to have been happier i'm gonna you know we've got a nice early call tomorrow and i'm raring to go yeah i'll be there tomorrow and you know also i don't know if that great that'll be fun yeah um i don't know about you but i i look at any i've said this before on the show but any opportunity to work in this business i just am so grateful you know i, I don't do you feel that way i love it Somebody was complaining the other day about long hours. And I said, you know, um, Daniel Radcliffe actually was the one who brought it up. He was complaining. And his dad says, well, at least you're not in a coal mine. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's, people have tough jobs. Well, the, and the truth is that, you know, just to put things in perspective, how many people graduated out of your class at USC? Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you because I counted. Oh, fair. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do my research, but not that much. But this is the deal. You know, USC, best film school in the, in the world. Okay, some may see UCLA or AFI, whatever, not the point. Point being that you're doing what you came out here to do, right? Yeah. You left your family back in Massachusetts. Yep. And I'm sure that wasn't easy. Am I right? At the time, no, for sure. You know, I grew up, that was my whole life in Massachusetts. Yeah. So. And you and now you you've put in roots here, and you're doing what you set out to do. And what a blessing! It. And loving it, yeah. And I feel the same way. You know, I mean, it's like there are moments where it's hard. Yeah. The hardest parts in the business. You tell me, and I'll tell you my experience. Um. I'll come back to you. No, you no. think about <laughs> you know what it is? It, yeah. It's being because uh, a lot of times it'll take me a minute to take a note in, if you will. So somebody throws out an idea and it's like, let's do this. Da, da, da. And it's like, okay, let me think about it and figure out how to do it um, and, and implement it. And it's that, well, it's that misunderstanding of like, well, what's the matter? Don't you, don't you like it? Don't you get it? Don't you? It's like, no, I just need a minute to think about it and figure out how, how to implement what you've suggested in, into what we're doing. On set. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my thought on this is a little bit more of a global thing. And um, I think the biggest challenge is in between jobs. Oh yeah. I just find that it's so brutal. uncomfortable. Oh, it's brutal. You know, because here I'm doing like we you know sharing something I love, who yeah. I think is such a blessing and I have such gratitude. And then because it's the nature of television, can't shoot forever. Yep. Stops. And then what? You go home and you feel great for a day. <laughs> Two days. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a little party at a bar down the street eventually where everyone gets together and, and celebrates the big first episode. And if you're not on a job, you go, you, you know, it's easy to forget everything. Like yeah. as far as not how great it was, but it's, it's easy to get into a, a, like, oh my God, I'm not on a show right now. What's going on? I, I need to get on a show. And, you know, and I think that, um, and, and I think that, that's why it's so important when we're doing the work, when I'm doing the work, to be so in a place of gratitude also. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, you're there. You're loving it. That's the high. I, I think, you know, it's like you're doing what you want to do. Yeah. And then and it I, stops. And I, it's like, wait, who just took away all my friends? I had that feeling today on a bit that I did. And I was just like, you know, and, the, and this happens periodically. I'm like, thank God, you know, I had the courage. Because I, I mean, I'm trying to brag because I, I'm hard on myself. So yep. this is like a new, not new, but, but thank God I had the courage to, to, you know, leave my family. I have an amazing family in Chicago. I'm the only one left. And it's hard when you have a tight 
loving yeah. family like I do. And so to be like, you know what? I'm doing what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And it was and it's all worth it. And I love that moment. And I don't think I could have it in any other thing I'd be doing. I don't know, but I, I don't think so. Yeah. Is that how you feel at times? Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of open to other things too, and I think you should be because you don't know what else. Is of course, come you have to be. You have to be because or... then you get stale. I think you know if you, if you get stuck in kind of one thing, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's great. Right, I just now, love please. that but, feeling. You go, oh God, this is what I was meant. This is yeah. what I should be doing. All right, well, we could keep going, but I, I have we have to end it. It's so, been great, Damon. We'd love I we. It's me. I'd love to have <laughs> you back here. How about you listening? Would you like to have Damon back? Yeah. Okay. Great. They said yes. I'm right. very telepathic. I, can, I feel and hear them. Uh, so let's come back again. Hey, you know what's You should great? have a group of deal with the people down. You know what? I like the one-on-one. Oh. I really You're do. You're a one-on-one guy. Yeah. I'm very monogamous that way <laughs> in my interviewing. Maybe we'll have two. I'm polyamorous at times. <laughs> but um, again, Damon, what a great opportunity for me to get to know you because we don't sit for an hour and do no, this. We work. No, we work. Right, exactly. And um, I want to thank all of you for the opportunity for us to share an hour with you. Thank you for giving us that hour. And I hope you'll join us again very soon right here on Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question.